0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, geeks and freaks of all ages, we are listening to Geeks Explain It All. That's right, geeks will explain it all. Well, hello there. Welcome to another fun-filled, fact-filled uh, episode of Geeks Explain It All. I am your co-host and ringleader for this uh, Circus of the Stars, uh, Stratosphere, Cross the Wayback Machine. From me is my cohort in crime, lo these many years, you love them, you know them, can't live without them, D-Dub, give it up.
1: How's it going, folks?
0: And uh, what we're doing this week, well, as as longtime listeners, and this at, by this point, everybody by definition is a longtime listener because we took a year off. <laughs> By the way, welcome back. And uh,
1: That's right. This will be two episodes within a
0: month. Wow. wow. We're the, straight rolling, brother. The excitement is in the air. Anyway, so um, in past episodes, we have done a couple shows, both Batman and Superman, in other media. Well... You, the fans, swamped us. I mean, we're we got sacks and sacks of of emails, and wanting equal time for yeah, that's what I said. And uh, we decided we were going to uh, give Marvel some equal opportunity, so we're going to start off with uh, the the what is, what is the tagline? The world's greatest comic magazine, the Fantastic Four, the FF.
1: Yep, and his little starter there for a minute i'm just i guess i made the face and one thing about podcasting boy the faces just don't come through <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway so what we're talking about today is the fantastic four now we'll give it a little little brief history of the the comic itself and then we'll uh don't want to get too too down too far down that rabbit hole, but then talk about the various oh. rep- representations it's had in uh, other media over the years. So if I recall correctly, it premiered in uh, June of uh, nineteen sixty one, if I'm not mistaken. That's why they call it I don't
1: I don't have my notes, so Oh.
0: Oh they're right out they're right there on the table behind you.
1: <laughs> uh, oh no, that's that's other notes. That's not on something (laughs) else.
0: Anyway. um,
1: In the early 60s.
0: In the early 60s. In the early, early 60s. No, let's not go down that rabbit hole. Um, So, Stanley and Jack Kirby saw that uh, superhero magazines, particularly the Justice League, were selling like hotcakes, so they decided to make their own, only with brand-new heroes.
1: It was kind of a thing where their publisher came up to Stan, at least as the story goes, came up to Stan and said, hey, this Justice League thing is really taking off. Do you think we can do something like this? Stan was about ready to give up comics anyway and said, well, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it my way. Now, one of the things about Justice League at the time, aside from the power sets, personality-wise, the majority of the heroes were pretty much interchangeable.
0: They were pretty bland. Yes. It was, uh, you know, this was uh, the height of the Silver Age. Uh, all, all superheroes liked each other. All superheroes were pretty much nice and, and altruistic to a fault. Um, there, was, there was just no shading, either, either in heroes or villains, really, in the Silver Age. Not that that's a good or a bad thing, but it was just a different era.
1: Oh, yeah, and this was all very much pre the Cultural Revolution of the 60s, so we were just coming out of the 50s.
0: Oh, yeah, and that's that's another big factor. Mm-hmm. This is before D.C. had the checkered line, as I like to call it.
1: Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, here you had a group that bickered. You
0: had... Said bah a lot? Ba. Bah.
1: Yeah, that was before he started saying,
0: it's clobbering time.
1: Um, But, you know, they, I I hesitate to say they were more real, but people could relate to them a lot more than, you know, Bat God and Super God and all of that.
0: Yeah, well, and especially, and this is the theory that I've always uh, kind of embraced, is that uh, the, big, the big following among Marvel comics came from college students.
1: Yes, it did.
0: And that's pretty much what, what cemented Marvel's legacy in the grand scheme of things. And I always felt it was, okay, the kids that were in college in the 60s, they were the kids of the 50s. So they had started out with you know ends of the Golden Age, beginning of the Silver Age, D.C., Mm-hmm. And you know they were like, okay, it, this is all great stuff. And right around the time they were, again, they're matriculating, going to college, and they're 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 doing this. Okay, it's time to set aside childish things, as the saying goes. Okay, and but now suddenly, uh, Stanley and Jack Kirby basically decided they were going to do it their way, and yep. uh, and. Lee and Kirby, definitely, you know, they they invented what became known as uh, the Marvel Method, which, which, uh, you know what, a lot of... It's still being used today.
1: Well, that's basically where the writer would give a basic outline to the artist. The artist would draw it, and then the writer would go back in and...
0: Add the the word balloons. Hmm. And because of the spacing of uh, Kirby's artwork... You know, Stan always had plenty of room to add the art balloons. Although one, the of the, balloons.
1: one of the most infamous ever, there was an issue of X-Men where Magneto was in it. And Stan wrote this really long speech from Magneto. Right. So the only part of the art in that panel you could see were Magneto's boots.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, Stan, Stan gets a little verbose, shall we say. Yep. But... Uh, so, so the Fantastic Four became a runaway hit with uh, the college crowd, and uh, so what? What's the next next logical uh, thing to do? Make a Saturday morning cartoon show because that's your audience. Only not really.
1: That's right. And this was I want to say sixty 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 six sixty five.
0: I believe it was sixty six.
1: Okay. Um, and this was actually my first exposure. Now, mind you, I was pretty young. But the it was done by Hanna-Barbera. There were two to three segments per episode. Right. And each one did a Reader's Digest version of some comic story. For example, they did the Galactus saga. And I think it was a two-parter. Well,
0: I actually watched it the other day. It it actually wasn't too bad.
1: It's pretty faithful.
0: That was that was the nice thing about that. Um, it was sixty seven. Okay, just just so we're clear. Um, but that sixty seven show was actually pretty well done.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it, it wasn't filmation, so there wasn't so much of the um, the reused animation that filmation right. became the, uh, roto-,
1: the rotoscope stuff they used
0: to do all the time. Yeah, and. Uh, I remember. Now, was that the one that had uh, Ted Cassidy doing doing the thing? Paul Freeze. Oh, Paul Freeze. Yep. Was it okay? We'll we'll get there. Now, um, the one thing I uh, always loved that was, and and I maybe you've read more of the actual comics from the Silver Age than me. I'm not sure. Was Johnny Storm yelling flame on? Like, did he actually do that in the comics a lot? Yep. In the early days, that he did. Because that was always my favorite part of, you know, Flame On! I, 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 that used to be a favorite superhero thing of mine when I'm like three years old.
1: Well, you know, they actually had some, uh, I don't know if you'd call them petty voice actors or that, but the gentleman did read. Oh, I cannot, I'm blanking on his name right now. But he was in Angry Red Planet.
0: Oh. Gerald Moore. Gerald Moore. I yeah, Gerald say. Moore.
1: He um, Angry at Planet. Also, he worked for Filmation. He voiced Green Lantern in the Filmation Justice League stuff. Oh, okay. Um, Sue was played by Joanne Flug, who I'm not sure if she was a beauty contestant or what. Um, no, she I,
0: was an actress. She was on MASH.
1: Oh, yeah. She was in the original movie, MASH. Yeah. And I noticed There's, she
0: baker abel something like yeah, that whatever
1: She was the one they had to give it up to painless dentist um
0: oh yes okay eh, see got it
1: sharp as her tack um uh paul <laughs> freeze obviously God and blue. paul freeze did quite a few other voices on the show
0: paul freeze did a bunch of vo- paul freeze is is sort of like the the unsung uh mel blank of, of voiceovers he's he's the guy that you don't hear about but you you probably know as many voices that he did as you know Mel Blanc voices oh
1: okay I, I can see that um
0: what was I going to say
1: um I don't remember who did Johnny
0: uh Jack Flounders never heard of him never heard of him oh Ted Cassidy did uh, Galactus isn't that interesting
1: I knew he was involved somewhere.
0: Yeah, it's like I said, it's really, really well done. I was only able to... uh, There's a few episodes that are on uh, YouTube that... uh, 20 episodes it had total, but I just thought it was really super well done, even even watching the rerun of it. It's like when we... Well, talking about fantastic things... Uh, on our Geeks Explained It All episode that we just got done recording. Uh, the
1: Secret driving, Drive-In?
0: Yeah, that thing. And um, we're talking about Fantastic Voyage, and the thing we keep going back to is, you know, geez, for a 1966 uh, movie, the effects in this thing are pretty much top rate. And I keep going back to that with the 1967 Fantastic Four series is that, boy, this is just really well done. Like I said, you had all these adaptations of actual comic stories. Yep. so. That's always a thing is, you know, do you you want to have original stories or do you you want to have what you you like reading the comics for? It can be a trade-off because, okay, yeah, you're not getting any new material necessarily, but you know you're getting good material. Sometimes when they have writers writing original stuff, it's plain that they're just writing adventures and, and kind of just dropping the characters in yeah. I'm looking at you, um, Star Trek, the animated series.
1: <laughs> well, you know, you have um, a lot of villains that showed up on this that maybe nece- wouldn't necessarily show up anywhere else.
0: I mean, oh, like on, Mo- Molecule Man and such?
1: Uh, Diablo showed up.
0: Dia- I didn't see that one. Well, wow.
1: At a convention a few years ago, I picked up the 66 series on DVD. Oh, okay. 67. 67, yeah. Um, and I was wa- watching through them um okay so that had its run and it actually at the same time they also showed up in what are they what did they used to call them big little books these little things that are about three inches square and maybe about an inch thick, oh just god stories. i
0: vaguely remember those yeah and i
1: remember there was one from the fantastic four because i had i had that one and then i bought it a few years later and I was a big Fantastic Four you,
0: you always have been. That's 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 one of the reasons I, I kind of su- suggested this, is that I know this has really always been a go-to uh, franchise for you in, in spite of its ups and downs, which we'll get into.
1: Yeah. But, well, after uh, this one, I think they were off the air for quite a few years until, I want to say, the 80s.
0: Ah, but you're missing out on something. There was a radio show. There was I in 1975, and guess who played the Human Torch? No idea. Bill Murray. No kidding. Yeah, I'll be damned. It's actually referenced in uh, one of the Hembeck uh, cartoons.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I'd have to go try to find. Yeah, no,
0: no other big names, but if you, if you. Look up Bill Murray Fantastic Four on YouTube. You can hear a recording of it, and it's it's Bill Murray. Our story this week picks up where we left off last week, in Swanson's garage. Nobody can modify an engine like you, man Yeah, that's incredible You're only saying that because it's true You
1: know, the whole country is looking for the human torch Yeah, and he's right here working with us on
0: cars (laughs) Well, I've got to do a little welding, guys, so step back for a few seconds Flame on Hey, Johnny, I didn't know you could ignite parts of your body The flame from my finger beats a welding torch any day That's really nifty Every time I use my flame, I learn new things I can do with it by concentrating, I can keep it away from that gasoline. But if I wanted to, I could merge my flame with that barrel of oil and keep this place heated for months at almost no cost. I'll be damned. But, you know, he's playing him, you know, like, you know, slacker hot rod guy. It, it, it's, oh, okay. It, you know, Bill Murray always has that heavy sense of irony about pretty much everything he, he's ever done.
1: What was it we said? Too cool for the room type thing? Yeah. Without trying too hard?
0: But it's so weird to hear Johnny Storm that way because Johnny Storm is literally and figuratively the hothead. Right, you know, over, 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 eager, always, you know, super, well, super you know, competitive. And that. here's
1: here's the other thing to think about. Um, what they did was, depending on their powers, and the Fantastic Four, their personalities were were kind of revolving around that at one point. Yeah, they were because sure. you had the hothead,
0: Johnny right.
1: Reed, who would, in order to learn something, would stretch himself to any limit. Right. Sue, who always felt in her mind like a background character,
0: invisible, invisible, and then yeah, that, the brute, the, you know? yeah, the
1: brute, or you could say kind of thick-headed. Or,
0: yeah, oh, you can, yeah, anywhere you can go with mm-hmm. uh, with that. Uh,
1: Which like, actually, in an issue of what if,
0: what if the Fantastic Four had different superpowers? One of my yes. favorites.
1: Yes, and you know they kind of they oh how can I, they kind of. Uh, Took it in a different direction as far as the emotional state, um, personality, and how their powers went. Yeah, but but anyway, the radio show. Yeah,
0: like I said, I, I only I only caught like one episode of it on YouTube, but it I was riveted just the the novelty alone of Bill Murray doing <laughs> doing uh, Johnny Storm. I, I don't even know where to begin with that, but the fact, just the fact that this thing existed—it it, little five-minute segments, and they'd have uh, five-minute or five segments having a whole adventure. These were pretty much almost verbatim taken from the comic books. If you thought oh, okay. if you thought the '67 series was, you know, they they almost transcribed some of these adventures because it's a radio show, so you can kind of get away with that. Oh, okay. Um, talking about other media now, there is one other thing that came out. I'm not sure of the year on this, but do you remember uh, a thing called Power Records? Yes, I do. There was a Fantastic Four. How it began. Yep, the way it began, uh, an audio dramatization of Fantastic Four number 126.
1: Yeah, and I I actually, I think I had a Power Record compilation that that was on there. Okay. Because I heard it.
0: Yeah, that one I wasn't able to track down. Do Do you recall if that one was any good at all?
1: I mean, it was okay. It wasn't a... It was not a high-quality uh, audio drama by any stretch. I, ha-
0: I want to say I had a Spider-Man of power records. Mark of the Man-Wolf. Yeah, let's go with that. I don't remember. <laughs> the, this is before I started my, my monstrously ridiculous album collection. Um, so that's... Okay, so you had the radio show. So that... That happened uh, again. I, I highly recommend just—I must mind just, this mess. just for the sheer novelty of it. Like I said, if you're a- anything like my reaction, you're just going to be like, "I can't believe this existed and I didn't know about it." <laughs> <laughs> so now, um, now the second Fantastic Four animated. Now this was produced by DePatty Freleng, famous for their uh, Pink Panther series.
1: Yep, and the animated Planet
0: of the Apes. Well that's that's a whole different show isn't it? Oh <laughs> well, yes,
1: but the animation was a little better than the apes one.
0: Yeah, I I had problems with that particular Fantastic Four. Let, let's just address the the robot in the room. I can't stand Herbie. I know most of fandom agrees with me. They hate Herbie too. Well,
1: and if I recall, I'm trying to remember they said at the time they didn't want to have the human torch because they were afraid people were going to, their kids were going to set themselves on fire. How, but I heard it was a contractual issue.
0: Um, when the Fantastic Four property was made into an animated series in 1978, the character of the human torch was unable to be used as, at the time, the character had been optioned separately for use in a solo movie, which never materialized. So they. I, I
1: knew it was a contract thing. Yeah. And actually, I remember in an issue of um, issue the comic back when John Byrne was involved, they introduced Herbie for a while. Okay. And I remember this this one was taking place in space, and Johnny Storm was talking to Nova. Okay. And it's like, yeah, I was out of town when the contracts had to be signed, so that's why that happened.
0: Wow. Okay. Nice lamp shading. Mm-hmm. Love it. But um, yeah, the 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 whole Herbie thing, and and just for the record, Herbie stands for Humanoid Experimental Robot B Type Integrated Electronics.
1: Yeah, and hey, I watched it every week. I
0: I watched like two episodes, and I'm just like, no the fa- the the Human Torch was my favorite character in the previous incarnations, so I, I just couldn't stay loyal. With to it. me, it was
1: always a thing.
0: Well, I love me some Thing. I mean, Christ, I had the entire run of Marvel 2 in one. Well, and and I had a good chunk of, after that was canceled, he had his own actual right. uh, Thing series. I stayed with that for quite a while, too. But
1: Do you know that he's either currently or he was a member of the Guardians of the Galaxy?
0: Ben Grimm the Thing? Yes. Wow. I I've, know seen that. Pic-
1: I've, I've seen pictures, but that's about it.
0: I'm so far out of current continuity. I, oh, so I, keep, much. I keep trying to worm my way back in, but I've got so much to catch up on.
1: Well, I see things here and there that I'm kind of curious about. Like, I'm very curious about the DC reboot of the Flintstones.
0: I didn't hear about this. I don't well, know if I want to hear about this. Well, it's actually... You know, Flintstones is very sacred to me. Well, yes.
1: Um, <laughs> well, it's supposed to be more of a commentary on mankind and civilization. It, it's it, the Flintstones. Well, it's it's supposed to actually be very good. I, I heard there was a collected uh, edition of it. Okay. And I was never a huge Flintstones fan to begin with, but I'm intrigued. Uh,
0: okay, I, I'm willing to at least try it out. No, the thing I've been trying to get caught up on... Um, just to show you how far behind I am and how far i managed to get caught up, I'm in the middle of the uh, Blackest Night uh, oh, okay. phase on DC, which is, what, about three three reboots behind the current continuity?
1: Well, I, it's my understanding, and I could be wrong on this, but I think when they rebooted everything for the new 52, all that stuff for Blackest Night and all that, somehow that stayed in. Now, I'm sure that somebody out there is screaming saying either, no, that's not right or whatever, but...
0: Well, I know I made my way through Flashpoint, and then in the aftermath of Flashpoint, it was Blackest Night, then Brightest Day, then they did New 52, or maybe, maybe I have Flashpoint and Blackest Night reversed, I don't know, but anyway, then they did the New 52, then they did uh, Convergence, and now it's uh, Rebirth. Rebirth, yes. Which I, I don't... No idea what's going on with Rebirth, and that's that's just the DC end of it. I, I Marvel, I'm trying to get through as well, and
1: you know, you're they, much more in tune than I am because I just, I just don't have time.
0: I, I, it's a matter of time, and a matter of it's it's just all too dark. It's just too dark. I, I and and God, I wish they'd leave Secret Wars alone. <laughs> God, I didn't like Secret Wars. I actually, well, okay, I take that back. Secret Wars two with the actual character of the Beyonder, mm-hmm. I found entertaining in spots. In spots, not 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 from top to bottom, but
1: well, when you destroy Spider Man's bathroom, that was kind of funny.
0: Yeah, actually, if I'm being honest, the only Marvel title that I got into in recent times was Marvel Zombies. Just because the way they let the whole thing play out, the implications of the whole thing. and uh, Oh, okay. Now, have you seen Marvel Apes?
1: I've heard of it. I haven't seen See, that it.
0: If seems to me, will be right up your alley. I,
1: I haven't seeked it out. Oh, okay. I've heard of it, but I have not actively sought it out. Okay, so Herbie the Robot.
0: So Herbie the Robot, whom I can't stand. Um,
1: voiced by Frank Welker, as I, as I remember. Yes. And... That was Ted Cassidy as the thing. Oh, Okay. Now, right around this time too, though, you were, and you see, just as as a way of bringing things full circle, there was a show called Fred and Barney Meet the Thing.
0: Yes, which is one of the more misleading titles in uh, in television history because they don't actually ever meet the thing.
1: And not only that, but I'm sorry, that wasn't the thing. Benji Grimm. Benji Grimm, yeah. Thing ring, do your thing. Uh, Oh, my God.
0: It was so awful.
1: Yes, but see that? See that, folks? The Puppet Master is back. (laughs) Well, we were talking about the Flintstones a minute ago. Oh, okay. here we go.
0: Ah, okay. I see what you did there. I
1: know. I'm a legend in my own mind on that one. Yeah,
0: That's right. How you have room for all your fan mail up there, I have no idea. Anyway, so... um, yeah, Fred and Bernie the thing is just—I I actually, again, the the magic that is YouTube, you can find all the, all these things that we're talking about to one extent or another, and the 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 Benji Grimm thing is just like why? Why would you do such a thing?
1: Okay, pause for one
0: minute. Okay, so the less said, the less said about Ben Benji Grimm, the better. Okay, so we have. Um, Now, the next thing in the animated franchise, if you will, was it was part of the Marvel Action Hour. Yep. Now, that... Go
1: for the four, Fantastic Four. I remember that. They actually didn't have the traditional Fantastic Four uniforms. I believe they had the ones where they had the white gloves and belts and that.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, that one I had... uh, I watched, like... Uh, I, I of that one, I watched the Galactus episode, okay, which it it really struck me as really weird because uh, because um, Galactus his his setup for for stealing the energy or whatever seemed awfully elaborate. He it, it kept looking like he was just kept okay. Now I need this piece, so he'd go back in the in the big sphere, then he'd come out and put that piece on, then he's like. All right, now I need this piece, and he'd walk back. <laughs> it's like It'd be like, it's like this is like every home improvement project I've ever had. <laughs> oh sh- shoot, I need a, uh, I need a uh, wrench. Damn it, go downstairs and those. Oh shoot, I forgot to get a screwdriver. Oh, I should have gotten a flathead.
1: Yeah, yeah, interlocking Sand joint.
0: Yeah, you know, so so it's like, uh, wow, some problems are universal. Yep. Well, at least he doesn't have a spouse saying you never finish anything true, true. <laughs> not not that my wife would do that that would be wrong
1: and that was pretty good and I believe there were actually a couple of crossovers here and there too during the course of
0: that Oh like with the Avengers series or
1: um, I can't remember I I remember watching the show and I seem to recall that other heroes would show up on that okay I just off the top of my head a camera I, can't remember which
0: I one. had only managed to uh, find a couple episodes of that but it, it struck me as pretty good. It you know again after the Herbie debacle it seemed very much like no we're making this for fans we're not we're not doing this to sell action figures or what have you so right, I right. I appreciated the effort like I said the Galactus to me is is the ultimate Fantastic Four story so any incarnation of it I like to see how are they tackling it you know it's okay. been done well it's been done poorly so. And we'll get we'll get to that in a little bit, but that's kind of my litmus uh, litmus, litmus test gotcha. of you know okay, how are they approaching the the source material? Are they are they doing it right, or is this just okay? We we hired a bunch of writers who have never read the comic book before, but they know how to they know how to make Michael Bay style uh, you know action movies.
1: Okay, and where do we go from there?
0: All right, well. The next one, uh, and this is, to date, it, I believe it's the final official Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four, The World's Greatest Heroes, which came out in 2006. Now, that one, um, you said I believe you said it's more of an anime style? It is.
1: I mean, they seem to be um, set out as being much younger.
0: Okay. All yeah, right. Flipper. So, so that's ba- So that's sort of more based on uh, the Ultimates uh, storyline in the comic.
1: Kind of. I mean, it was a very slick looking production. Okay. Um, actually, a little bit of CG thrown in there also.
0: The yeah, um, it mentions that it a little bit of three dimensional too. Um, I will say just just um, circling back ever so quickly to the comics. Um, that was probably one of the biggest shakeups they did in the comics was when they introduced the Ultimate storyline, which was, you know, they redid, they, they had the whole Ultimate Universe for all the Marvel characters. and it, right. was, it was basically, what if these, the premise of it was what what if these uh, characters were all introduced today and much younger? And I got to say, I read the about the first 20 or so issues of the Fantastic Four one, and I really liked it. I didn't think I was going to, but they, um, a lot of well, uh, the the author, the writer for the for okay. at least the ones I was uh, Brian Michael Bendis, okay. who is renowned for being one of one of the more uh, acclaimed modern writers of comics, and I can kind of see why. Very much, he had a lot of stuff going on. He he gave some backstory. It's a little weird seeing Reed not with the graying of the temples, but the romance between him and Sue seems very organic. She's actually uh, somewhat of a scientist in her own right. Okay, which we'll get into that a little bit later too. But she's definitely not just Reed's girlfriend, which is which is so kind of, it would
1: actually make sense for her to be along with all of this.
0: Yeah, the only problem with the the. Well okay, there I'll put a pin in this for now. There are some problems with the ultimate as far as the origin story, and we're gonna start talking about the film franchises in a little bit, and I will I will unpin that when we get to that. So, um all right, so the the world's greatest heroes. That, from what you're telling me, because that one I wasn't able to find at all. Okay. But that sounds like sort of an animated take on um, the ultimate storyline.
1: It could very well be.
0: So, all right. So now we're talking about uh, the film franchises. Yeah. Now, oh, he's he's got an evil smile on his face, folks. This is well. The first one. I we stand have, back a bit.
1: The first one we have to talk about is the one that was never released. The Roger Corman Fantastic Four, okay, or the Fantastic Four. Um, this was basically, or essentially, it was made so that whoever could keep the rights, the film rights for it. It was never supposed to be released,
0: but you can find it almost anywhere.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can't swing a dead. It's camera. on YouTube. It probably it's on, is. It's on YouTube. They actually did a documentary, which I'm not sure. It might be longer than the actual movie. I can see that. on on the movie itself. It's okay. called "Doomed."
0: <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, I did hear about that, but I didn't see that. Okay, I gotta. Yeah, I, gotta I haven't look seen. That
1: up. I haven't seen it yet either. Um, I'm just too cheap to buy it right now. Okay. Um,
0: but but your, your take on it?
1: I enjoyed it. I, mean, I did too. They took, they took some liberties, and I was okay with that. Um, I. Was I really liked uh, the actor that played Ben? Okay, he, he had just at least now, mind you, the copies that I've seen were a little fuzzy, so it was right. kind of hard to get. A-
0: As you said, never meant to be released, so most most versions of this you're going to see, including the ones on YouTube, are technically they're all pre production copies because you know there were certain effects that they mm-hmm. were. I don't know if they ever even intended to put these effects in, but you can kind of see. Okay, this is the placeholder where the cool special effects are supposed to be. Mm-hmm.
1: Did, but they did uh, a few. Yeah i I did see. I mean, some of the effects are not are less than stellar.
0: And but keeping in mind, of course, it is Roger Corman. Oh who, yes, who's, who's yes. the king of budget, um, you know, special effects movies?
1: Yeah, but honestly, you know, the the characterization is actually. More there than in later efforts,
0: I would say so. It, it, it's ama- Just talking about the acting now, just talking about the characterization, mm-hmm. as you said, uh, there's there's so much care put into it. I was actually surprised that it's a quote unquote placeholder movie, a copyright movie. Well,
1: sure. I mean, especially like I said, I really liked what they did with Ben. You know, I'm, and I'm just talking Ben as a human, right? Like that actor that did that. Um, I really like the actor that played Sue, mainly because okay, at the time, you know, Sue was not exactly the forceful person she was, and
0: well, yeah, and that's that's always mm-hmm. when you when you look at the franchise from from beginning to current day. Mm-hmm you know, as you said, Sue was almost invisible in the early days. Yep. If, only, if only, you know, she'd have her hand to her mouth and say, if only Reed knew how, how much I cared and then well, sure. not do anything and then get kidnapped by Namor or Dr. Doom. And um, it, at least in the comics, she's actually become one of the better leaders in, in the Marvel Universe, I would say, at this oh, point. Oh, absolutely.
1: And, you know, at least...
0: I, I would argue she's, the at this point, she's... Probably the leader of the Fantastic Four because Reed Richards is pretty much useless.
1: The world's smartest dumb guy, or smartest or dumbest smart guy? Something like that, yeah. yeah. But, you know, I, I, I liked the look of Sue in this one. Okay. Um, I really am still scratching my head over the casting of Sue in the next film series.
0: Oh, Jessica Alba?
1: Yeah. I like Jessica Alba, don't get me wrong. But I think we've had this discussion once before where, I'm sorry, that's not Sue.
0: Um, I think they were going... This is my opinion. They were going for, on all levels, of of the next installment in the franchise, which had two movies. You had Fantastic Mm -hmm. Four, Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. I feel like they were going for a throwback to the original Silver Age, Fantastic Four.
1: Yes, and I... Um, well, we'll circle right back around to this, but the point I was making, the Sue in the Roger Corman is more what I always pictured Sue would look like. Okay. Jessica Alba, great actress. She just looks a little too exotic, I guess. Um, I think... Isn't she, like, Latina or something? Well, whatever she is. Um... And yeah, there were a couple of elements in this movie that just were head scratchers in that. But overall I much like we had said several times about Guardians of the Galaxy, Ant Man, the
0: movie was way better than it should have been. Um I would say so. I was I was pleasantly surprised. I mean the Roger Corman one was good was Quite good for what it was, mm-hmm. and and nothing else. If nothing else, I, I if you're, I would say to anyone, especially if anyone's you know a, a newer fan that's just you know getting turned on to FF, I would say seek out the Roger Corman. You won't be disappointed.
1: If it, nothing it, else, you be entertained for whatever the runtime.
0: That's is. the whole thing. You got to look at the entertainment value of it. Did you know? Do I feel like this is two hours of my life I'm never going to get back, or am I am I on the edge of my seat or am I somewhere in between? I would say the Roger Corman and these next two um installments yeah you're sort of in between it's it's not yeah. it's not not quite up to the level of a popcorn movie if that if if you understand what I'm saying there it's not I got like, you. it's it's not like oh my god I can't take my my eyes from the screen, but at the same time you're not okay I'm bored i'm gonna you know, go you know, look look stuff up on my smartphone while I'm while I'm watching it, which I have a tendency to do with way too many movies these days. I do
1: that sometimes with TV.
0: But uh, um yeah, Jessica Alba she's okay. I again I feel like they're going for sort of a throwback to when Sue was basically just a pretty face. I know they they portrayed it that she was um supposed to be smart, but the problem is Jessica I and I'm gonna sound incredibly sexist when I say this. Jessica Alba is too pretty. She's she's so good looking. She's distracting from what Sue is or could be.
1: You see Sue, I and I've made the comment before. Sue should more be like a semi-hot uh, soccer mom. I mean
0: as as portrayed in the comics, yes, I told Wow, mean, you nailed it. Yeah.
1: Thinking, thinking you and once mentioned um, about the guy from Modern Family, what's his name, Ty Burrell? Yeah. The woman that plays his wife.
0: Oh, um, Claire.
1: I cannot think of
0: Can't think of her name, but,
1: but it's Julie something. Julie Bowen. Bowen.
0: Yeah. Bowen. See. Oh, okay. Stick a pin in that cuz I'm going to bring come back to that in a second.
1: Okay, but you see, now her, not necessarily as she is now, yeah. but you know, a few years ago, I could picture her playing Sue.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, I like uh, I like uh, Yon Griffith. Uh, am I pronouncing his name correctly? That plays I want to say Reed?
1: it's Ian. I don't know.
0: Um, I, I like him as Reed because Reed has a certain level of insufferability, which I feel he kind of nails.
1: Yeah, my big, my biggest complaint with the characterization of Reed, at least in the first movie, is Reed is very much a doormat for a lot of the movie
0: um yeah i i could see that um he's, but but the look of him i like the look of him he out, oh, of, out very,
1: of, oh absolutely
0: out of all the in in out of all the live action reads he just the look of him i'm not talking about the characterization now but when you, when you say the words to me, Reed Richards live action, his is the, the image that comes yeah, up in I, my mind. Absolutely. So, um, but now that that actor, uh, yeah, I don't know if that was a lot of his doing or if it was from the director, but yeah, I felt, or, or the writing, if you will. But yeah, I felt that wasn't Reed necessarily. Right. Because
1: um, um, Reed actually at least, during the Fantastic Four's heyday was actually, you know, quite forceful.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, I would say so, which is why Sue was was the more diminished of the two. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as as time went on, especially once you got to the, the John Byrne era, you know, Reed started really becoming kind of a douche. And, yeah. and um, that's when Sue really started becoming the leader of of the, the group.
1: Well, plus they amped up her powers and found new uses for them, so she was becoming much more powerful.
0: Yeah, and I liked um, the description I heard from, and just jumping ahead just for a split second, the um, the press. I, I saw a thing of the, the press kit from the latest. Um, Franchise or okay. installment, which I know you didn't see, um, but they mentioned that her power is actually—it's not even about invisibility or force fields; it's the mani- manipulation of light into those things. Huh. I should see that, which is sort of an interesting way of unifying the two—the uh, oh, sure. two powers. But um, uh, okay, but staying on on this franchise. Um, okay, so you had. Uh, Chris Evans who who would go on to play Captain America yep. playing playing the Human Torch and it, it's really a credit to what a great actor he is because, Oh absolutely be, because the two characters couldn't be more dissimilar. You got a guy who's you know the ultimate boy scout, Cab, yeah. and then you got the hothead and in, he's he nails terrific. both of them. Yeah. Exactly. So and
1: his Johnny is that's the Human Torch to me.
0: Yeah, yeah. Again, I, I feel like casting. I feel in that particular installment, the that both well, that and the Rise of the Silver Surfer. I feel like the casting they whoever the casting director, you, Bravo, well done. But I feel like the writing is where we and the direction wow. is where we have failed. Staying staying on the casting though, always loved Michael Chiklis. Loved mm-hmm. loved him in everything. And it's weird because uh, my stepfather looks like Michael Chiklis, <laughs> <laughs> but. um... Yeah, I've been a fan of his even even before The Shield. He was a he was a the re- Commish. Even before the Commish, he oh, was okay. he was a renowned character actor and I had seen him in many things, so it was it was really kind of neat to see him kind of achieving uh maybe not superstardom, but at least stardom okay. and, and you know,
1: he campaigned very heavily for that role.
0: Uh I could see that. He you like said he he brought a lot to it. Again, I feel the writing may have, particularly in the second movie. I feel like the writing well, sure. just, just sort of maybe fail is too strong of a word, but just disappointed.
1: Yeah. Now, I'm a I'm a big fan of both of these movies.
0: Okay, uh, uh, and, and understandably so. That I'm, there there's there's things we can really pick apart in these two movies, but there's a lot to enjoy there, and you kind of have to. Mm-hmm. You have to navigate your way through some of the bad stuff to get to the, but the good stuff is worth the wait. I would say.
1: Well, absolutely, and I know that for some reason these two movies are almost universally reviled,
0: and I don't understand why. I I don't get that either. Like I said, you want to sit here and pick it apart. Well, you we, we can do that with almost any movie, but mm-hmm. I but I feel like the criticisms that I've seen of these two particular movies, you, you, you're cherry picking a little bit. I oh, think. sure but um so then we come to and, and this just i watched this for the first time like about 3 weeks ago and it it just literally just makes my blood boil thinking about it is this uh the fantastic 4 they're they're calling it a reboot it it was basically more of a placeholder i would argue than Roger Cormans original Entry into the franchise because it, it was there because they didn't want to lose the copyright and there's just so much wrong with this movie. I, I, I I'm like at Star Wars level of, of anger about this movie. Oh no, kidding! And, and you're yeah. more of a fan than I, I'm. Amazed how much this got me worked up because I'm not as passionate. I love the series. Don't get me wrong, but you've always been the big FF.
1: Guy. Oh, that's that's why I couldn't bring myself to see it.
0: You're you're not missing a lot.
1: Now, in my previous job, I saw the ending to it once or twice. Okay, and I'm just even there. I'm just no, 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 which really cemented my decision not to see it.
0: Well, basically, they've um, it's the Ultimates Fantastic Four. Uh, They were it was not a race. A space race with with the Russians. Cosmic rays were not involved. It was basically them tapping into the negative zone. Okay. So the negative zone is how they they got their powers, and just just like with the previous installment, they they tied uh, Doom in with it, which okay. I, everyone seems to want to pound that drum. Is that yeah? Doom got his powers. They keep, no one has done Doctor Doom right. Not even in the Corman version. I don't even think he's... Is he even in that? I don't... I, he is. Okay, but I... Dr. Doom has never been done right to me. No.
1: I mean, you I'm, I'm really sorry, but no. Doom does not have powers. He has his armor.
0: He has his armor and he has his brain. Yes. And his arrogance. And I, 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 would, ar- I would argue to anybody, and I will fight you on this, that Dr. Doom's arrogance is one of his superpowers.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: But... Yeah, they, they basically take the Ultimates storyline origin, which is they got it all from the the Negative Zone, and Doom is part of the team. So it's like, okay, whatever. That's that's something you you okay. I, I wasn't happy about. I, I'm not trying to be racist, but as you know, Johnny Storm is a, a young black man in this. Now. I'm a huge, huge fan of the actor playing him. His name is Michael B. Jordan. Okay. He was on... Have you ever seen the the series Parenthood? No. Okay. He was on basically the first season playing a love interest for one of the characters, and he hit, his character had a troubled past. Um, you know, basically, like I said, kid nailed it. Kid is an okay. amazing, amazing actor. He's actually much better than this movie in in so many levels. I, you know, I've heard that. Yeah, I, I think he's in. I think he's in one of the Rocky movies. I think he's. I think he played like Apollo Creed's son or something like that. Okay. Wow. Well. But yeah, he again. I'm not trying to be racist here, but literally the only reason they it seems to me they put him it's in there casting. Well, not so much stunt casting as let's let's see if we can get a, a different demographic coming to. Okay. Again, I, I sound horrible for saying that, but um, they have well, okay. And this is this is where I come up with this theory is that now they have interestingly enough, Sue is the adopted uh, daughter of this guy. He's
1: right a, because they have. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, they show Dr. Storm at one point, don't they?
0: Yeah, and he's, he's a very good actor. He's, he's, he's got that kind of, um, uh, Morgan Freeman sense of gravitas. Oh, okay. And, uh, I think they got him, they, they cast him and then said, well, wait a minute, now, now either Sue or, or Johnny has to be black. It doesn't make sense. but, like I said, Michael B. Jordan, fantastic actor. My problem with the, the father, uh, uh, Franklin Storm, is that he speaks so low and so gravelly, every single time he says the name Johnny, it sounds to me like he's saying Charlie. It's like, Johnny. That's what it sounds like every single time he says it. Now, just to circle back to something that I mentioned before. Now, you were saying that... Um, Julie Bowen would have made a great Sue Storm. Or, yeah, I can't.
1: I can't really speak to you as far as the acting part, but I'm just saying physically. Okay, but go ahead.
0: I'm going to show you a picture of Kate Mara as Sue Storm in this. Tell me that does not look like Julie Bowen, a young Julie Bowen.
1: I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, honestly, that was the one piece of casting. Looking at it, looking at it, and saying, I could see that.
0: Yeah, I. Th- I liked. I liked her in the role. I uh, The guy they got playing... Um, Reed? Reed. Uh, I, My, just,
1: Miles whatever.
0: Yeah. I'm sorry. He just looks way too much of a just a, a nebbish. I see no leadership qualities and not even the... I'm
1: sorry. He just looks too young for one thing. I'm sorry. Well, And I understand they were supposed to have been young in the Ultimates, but...
0: But even in the Ultimates, like I said, I read I read the first twenty issues of it. There's I think I think it lasted for somewhere close to a hundred issues. So I, I'm still trying to get caught up on it. But even at a younger age, yeah, he was. He initially was just a high school student that got drafted into this government program. But once he had all this high tech and resources at at his fingertips, that leadership that Reed has been shown capable of of displaying started coming through. He started making decisions and we're going to do this and we're going to do this. Okay. And I just didn't see this. He was, you talk you know you talk about the guy from the um, Jessica Alba version being a doormat. I felt like this guy was was just mild-mannered Clark Kent, you know, it's okay. it, horrible horrible casting. And uh, the guy playing the thing um,
1: Who, incidentally, from what I understand, married uh, Kate Mara?
0: Really? Yeah, I did not read that. Okay. Yeah, they got
1: married sometime after. Mazel
0: Tov! Great.
1: I could be wrong.
0: Well, that'd be great. Uh, there was another thing that I they threw in. Well, you you probably noticed this since you said you've seen the last few minutes of it. Uh, the the thing ain't wearing no underwear.
1: Oh, that that was in all the. Uh, all publicity photos Why? Why
0: is again? There's so many unnecessary changes that mm. they made. It, you know, we talked about it being like a placeholder thing.
1: They was just trying to be controversial.
0: No, it's not even that. <laughs> it's it seems more like, hey, we, we want to keep this franchise going. Let's just we we know it's a bad movie. Let's just throw in all sorts of stuff like, um, like ha- having. You know, having Michael B. Jordan play him, play the uh, the torch, and just all this stuff. Let's let's see what sticks. Okay. And just epic failure all around. And uh, my final criticism of it: they never actually say the name of the team, and it's actually it's a it's a little kind of cliffhanger thing because they're at the the very last shot as they're all looking out at the facility. Mm They defeated Doom and you know we should have like a code name for the team and you know we're, and one thing leads to another and like yeah it's like we're all we're all fantastic somehow and he's like that's it we'll call it cut the credits
1: okay well they did something very similar to that at the at the end of Age of Ultron Age of Ultron where <laughs> you're just waiting for it. Captain America gets up there and he says, Avengers
0: I yeah and then it gets cut but the problem is We've already knew the title, right? Right. You know, so I, that, that I was okay with.
1: Well, yeah, but still, you could feel a whole theater full of fanboys going,
0: "Oh man, I wanted to hear that!" <laughs> but um, yeah, the 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 one with um, Michael B. Jordan, just oh my god, it. I was amazed at how upset it was making me watching this thing. And as I said, I've got nowhere near your dedication to it, but I I literally forced myself to to watch it. Halfway through, I'm like, this is so awful.
1: Well, what can you say? My own thoughts and hopes and prayers for the franchise.
0: Which, we talked about this a little bit off mic, um the rumor is that the it's finally heading back to Marvel. It's, it's it needs to. It really needs to. They there's been no official announcement, but the word on on the street so to speak is that yeah, they're they're try they're just trying to come up with an arrangement on the contracts so that every both sides are happy with what they're getting, but um I've heard that not only is Marvel getting the franchise back, but in the next installment of Avengers Infinity Wars or whatever right. it is, um, we're going to see a cameo of the FF somehow. I don't know if. Uh, well,
1: we need to. I mean, honestly, I think the best way to test the waters, if they do get the rice back, have them do a cameo, maybe have them appear in somebody else's movie.
0: Well, here, here's and, a, okay, go go ahead. From,
1: and, you know, just build from there. Just see. What the buzz is after they show up in the Marvel Cinematic Universe?
0: Here's how you do it. Here's, I've been thinking about this. Here's how you do it. Okay, so you know you got Infinity Wars, you got alien dimensions. You've, you you know, okay, Tony Stark is still trying to you know keep the whole team together, and they're fighting against Thanos and Ali- alien dimensions. That's that's a little bit. Hey, you know who would you know who knows about alien dimensions? Reed Richards, and he's almost as smart as me. And you can see Robert Downey pulling that off, right? Yeah. So he he calls up uh, the you know the Baxter Building, and you literally have like a thirty second clip of them, and they're fighting the mole man, Doctor Doom, whatever. It's it's a total almost almost a noodle incident type of thing. Like you know, have Reed over or or are not it could be even better Annihilus from the Negative Zone. Okay. He's screaming and flying around and rockets are flying and things are exploding okay. and he's like, "Yeah, Tony, I'd love I'd love to help you. We're a little busy right now. <laughs> Let me get back with you." And and that's you and that would that would stay within the budget.
1: An after credit sequence like that.
0: There you go. There you go. Boom, solved. That's how you do it. Like I said just that wouldn't cut into the budget too much because it would only be, you know, Thirty seconds of screen time, For sure. but yeah, you do it. Do it as a, a, a post, post or mid credit sequence. I guarantee you that theater will stand up and cheer.
1: Oh God, I would.
0: Yeah. So, but yeah, that's that's kind of how I see doing it. Just having it as because they've established time and again in the comics, arguably the two smartest mortals in the Marvel universe are Tony Stark and Reed Richards, even right. even though they never. Copyright any of their stuff, and humanity is never the better for it. That's why.
1: And Reed's always broke. Well, not so much anymore, but.
0: Well, that's why the the, the trope exists Reed Richards is useless. (laughs) Because if if Reed Richards would have actually put into effect all the stuff that he supposedly invented, the Marvel Universe would be a much better place.
1: (laughs) True, true.
0: He's all but cured cancer at this point. Okay, so. So. Nice, nice little take we had on all that yeah
1: uh, I mean I'm, I'm hoping the future is looking bright for this because again they were my first favorites and
0: loyal to the end he's wearing his Galactus shirt so yeah he's, well, actually, he's a fan. he
1: fantastic four Marvel zombie shirt
0: oh okay I didn't see the bottom nice Man, I, I put get... it on
1: especially for this
0: okay cool so um, what's our contact information
1: that would be geeksexplainitall at com, And you see, he stared at me as though he's waiting for me to stumble.
0: <laughs> no, I knew you weren't going to stumble. I just didn't feel like doing it myself. I'm I'll the first to admit <laughs> I'm lazy as hell. <laughs>
1: no problem.
0: Um, so uh, what we're going to get into uh, next time. Uh,
1: I'm curious about this one myself.
0: Uh, well, we talked about this. We're, we're going to start... Uh, 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 what we're hoping to be a a series of uh, a few shows spread out, Uh, we're going to start talking about uh, Disney movies. And uh, I think we're going to...
1: Disney movies? Go right ahead.
0: We're going to start off with the classic era. Okay. Basically, uh, you know, how how Disney changed animation... Okay, and um, you know, almost all of the original classic era in almost every film they did in one way or another uh, added new techniques and um, just new innovations to animation. So we're gonna, and then uh, eventually we want to do the modern era and um, the CGI era. So cool we'll, deal. we'll spread those out over a while, but that's what we're going to be talking about next time.
1: Okay, and once again, that's Geeks Explain It All at Gmail. And so for D-Dub
0: And Stratosphere Remember folks, just because it's pop Don't mean it ain't culture Bye folks Later kids